0: In this hour, we have joining us once again a good friend of the program, he and his organization, and somebody who does so much uh, for uh, manufacturing in this country. He is Scott and Paul. He's president of the Alliance for American Manufacturing, the AAM, and they're a partnership established by some of America's leading manufacturers and the United Steelworkers Union. For years, Scott and the AAM have worked to make American manufacturing a top-of-mind issue for voters and our national leaders through effective advocacy, innovative research, and a savvy PR strategy. We know it's working. We hear manufacturing coming off the lips and the tongues of politicians more and more, and we see legislation that affects uh, the uh, manufacturing uh, sector, uh, the working class, and unions more than a pleasure to have back uh, Scott Paul. Hey, Scott, good afternoon. Happy Tuesday. Thank you for joining us.
1: Leslie, it's great to be back with you. I, I know it's been a few weeks, and so uh, we have a lot to talk about it now.
0: Yes, we do. And let's talk about the president. We're not going to talk about him talking at the U.N., but one of the things he did do at the U.N. is he talked about how great our economy was, and the stock market is so strong, and unemployment's at a, a long-time low. But money and jobs are something that the manufacturing sector knows a lot about and desires. They desire jobs, more jobs, so they can make that money to put food on the table, to have proper benefits through a company, the list goes on. The president has been making and had made a lot of promises during the campaign, and one of which was to bring steel and manufacturing jobs back. But those promises are just promises. I mean, he hasn't done anything uh, to you know to, to to bring that campaign promise about to reality correct
1: I, I think that's a fair way of, uh, of saying it Leslie and you know it's worth pointing out uh, I think for your listeners that you know not only I mean Trump talked about this and he talked about it in a nostalgic way and look I agree that you know we're not going to have factories like they looked in the 1950s and we're not going to have a manufacturing economy like that but that doesn't mean that we can't Successful in the future and and reshore some of those jobs if we have a better policy and create new opportunities for young people that want to want to get into manufacturing I think all of that is possible so Trump talked about this uh, Bernie Sanders talked about this in a different way Hillary Clinton even uh, you know tried to appeal to, uh, to to that sense and so this was kind of a universal uh, theme uh, throughout Throughout the campaign, what, what's happened since then, Leslie, is that you know a, a lot of what uh, Trump has done has been largely rhetorical, uh, and uh, I will say that he has started a number of trains that have left the station, uh, like renegotiating NAFTA, uh, saying he's going to crackdown on steel imports, uh, aluminum imports that are threatening jobs, uh, uh re, you know reforming buy america laws to make sure that we're not outsourcing our bridge construction. Uh so so there's a, there's some trains that have left the station but none of them are, have arrived yet. <laughs> and, and they they appear to be delayed uh or, or they've been uh, rerouted uh but but they're not getting where they need to go and It is, I think, very frustrating, and now it's having uh, economic consequences for some of these industries, Uh, and that means that uh, it could potentially – threaten some jobs, and uh, this is one area, and I would be quick to add, one of the very few areas uh, where I uh, agree uh, with the president on the notion that we need to do something different on trade. Uh, but, you know, now it's time to live up to his word. Uh, there's, there's, there's been a lot of congressional Democrats that have been saying the same thing for a very long time. Senators like Sherrod Brown from Ohio. Uh, is a prominent one that I can think of. Uh, you know, the president has the opportunity to do something now, and uh, and, and he appears to be squandering it.
0: Um, there's so much to talk about with regard uh, to this uh, topic. I mean, you know, like you said, he's been promising to bring those jobs back uh, since the campaign. Um, he promised action on steel and uh, aluminum, And as a matter of fact, he said after being elected, quote, for decades, America's lost their jobs and factories to unfair foreign trade. One steel mill after another has been shut down, abandoned and closed. We're going to reverse that. He talks about traveling the country. He sees, he said, allegedly, those shuttered factories, and there are shuttered factories. And he is right when he talks about the shuttered dreams. And he also pledged. He pledged that he would take action. And he actually admitted even it's one of the primary reasons he's sitting there as president. And we know that to be true, right? When we see how the um, blue-collar worker, uh, the working class, especially in the the, the sector and the field of manufacturing, as an example, um, put their support in him Because because that was the campaign promise that was first and foremost, you know, on on their list. But I'm also wondering, Scott, because we've talked about this, um, how how can everybody who who voted and even now expect him to follow through those promises when he himself um, did not use steel from this country and hurt and took away jobs, if you will, by providing jobs to China when he used uh, their steel, uh, you know, products to build some of his buildings?
1: Uh, Leslie, I think that's a very fair point. And uh, I have made it before that I think that uh, it's good to uh, practice what you preach, um, and that there are a lot of very successful business people in the United States uh, that use steel, American steel, in their construction. Or that uh, manufacture their own products uh, in the U.S. uh, You know, and and you know that that is you know obviously he had a different business model. Um, I I think as president, uh, the most important thing he can do uh, is to follow through on a number of these trade promises, which I again would quickly add are very similar to the trade promises that Bernie Sanders made uh, and also were, you know, in the same ballpark where Hillary Clinton was. Uh, you know, and, they, and all of these folks were talking about it uh, d- during the campaign. I was just out in Wisconsin last month um, in in some blue-collar towns uh, just talking to people uh, in diners, uh, in bars on on Main Street. And, you you know, what was apparent to me is kind of among the the white middle class, uh, you know, both male and female voters, is that the folks who supported Trump, but st- still want to do so, uh, it, it, and, and we'll forgive him for a lot of different things, uh, but that this, this trade issue resonates, uh, and, and it's a big part of the reason um, why he want a state like uh, Michigan or Ohio or Pennsylvania. Uh, and there is an expectation, there is an expectation uh, that, he, that he will follow through uh, and, and deliver on this. So obviously there's a political element to it, there's an economic and a jobs element to it uh, that, that we talked about, um, and, and I, I guess I've learned that, you know, the, the Trump voters willing to forgive him for not making his products in the United States, uh, but uh, I think that when it comes to not delivering on the trade, they're going to see him as the, as, as the same old, same old uh, uh, politician who makes a promise and doesn't deliver on it.
0: Yeah, Exactly. Um, and when we talk about promises, though, let's, uh, le- le- let's be specific. Uh, he-, he actually directed or sa- stated he was going to direct the Department of Commerce to immediately prioritize an investigation into foreign steel arriving into our markets and to submit a report on the effects of these foreign steel products on the national security of the United States. Because folks have to remember that, you know, this plays into, it's a bigger picture. It's not just about a bridge here. Um, and maintaining the production of American steel, he talks about, which is correct, is extremely important to our national security and our defense industrial base. We know that the president has broken promises. We know the politicians left and right break promises. Um, what specifically um, has he done with this promise to the American worker, with the Department of of Commerce, uh, in May uh, there was a public hearing, and the Commerce Secretary, who is was uh, Wilbur Ross, um, you know, said that there was supposed to be a report done by the end of of June. Um, and you know, what w- what happened a- a- as a result of that? Because I'm sure some people weren't, you know, aware of that.
1: Yeah, that's that, that's one of those trains that got lost uh, after it left the station. Uh, that I was mentioning earlier. So, and, and this is important because this was one of the most tangible things that Donald Trump could do for America's steel workers is to initiate this Section 232. And I hate to use trade jargon here, but <laughs> uh, this national security review. Uh, that could potentially limit the imports of steel uh, to ensure that our domestic industry had a level playing field, that we had the capacity to meet our national security needs, which are not only tanks and battleships, but also things like bridges in our critical infrastructure that, that the recent hurricanes and other events have shown us are really, really important uh, to, to have resiliency uh, in our country. And and so, yes, he kicked this off in April with a lot of fanfare, had a signing ceremony at the White House. It was, uh, uh, you know, all over the headlines, uh, you know, in, in included uh, the, the steel companies, but also, you know, even Leo Gerard. And uh, the president of the steelworkers. And he, he gave everybody an expectation that this would be done rapidly. Uh, he said so himself. No one else did. He said, We're going to have this done by July 1st. We're going to have this done by July 1st. And so, uh, and he repeated this multiple times July 1st comes and goes. No, uh, you know, no action on this national security rev- review and potential imports. Uh, and then the president, in an interview with the with the Wall Street Journal, I think towards the end of July, uh, all of a sudden does a one eighty, does a does a complete one eighty, Leslie, and says, "I, you know, we're going to wait. We're going to wait on this. We're going to wait till we're done and get this. We're going to wait till we're done with healthcare reform, tax <laughs> reform, and infrastructure." Which means never, possibly, and, and and this is just stunning to me uh, that he would have this kind of one eighty. Uh, which is why you know we want to hold him to account here. We want to we want him to follow through uh, and uh, and deliver on his uh, on his commitment that he made.
0: We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about. Uh, I want to get your take about why he's doing this because I think it's a, a very dumb move. Uh, economically as well as politically, uh, you know, why he's sitting on this. And I want to talk about workers that are storming the hill, Capitol Hill today, to demand action. We'll talk more about that with Scott Paul and you, president of AAM, here on the only True Democracy in Talk Radio. Pick up the phone and join us if you have a question or comment. Uh, Broken promises by the president, especially with regard to manufacturing. You are out there. You're you're, you're a middle-class worker. Maybe you voted for... Donald Trump. Based on this promise, we want to talk to you. 8886 leslie eight 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 six five three seven five four three. 7543 The website for the AAM is AmericanManufacturing.org. On Twitter, follow Scott, the President, at ScottPaulAAM. And also follow at Keep It Made in USA, which we should. I'm Leslie Marshall, back with Scott, back with you right after this. We're back with Scott Paul, President of the Alliance for American Manufacturing. Taking your calls in a moment at 8886-LESLIE-888-653-7543. Pick up the phone and join us. Um, I asked you before the break, Scott, why you think the president is sitting on this. Because he talks about, rightly so, it's a matter of national uh, security, one. Two we know the grade that we have on roads and bridges three not only did he campaign on this but these workers could turn their back on him in 2020 and this could be political suicide so why do you think Trump is sitting on this
1: it's a fair question and I am the last person to try to read his mind because I I don't know that he said publicly other than we want to try to do the other these other things First, but but what I suspect is happening um, is that you know within within this administration within this White House uh, there's obviously a lot of cl- conflict. There are the people who uh, you, you, who I would you know are kind of the trade warriors who want a different path on trade uh, and kind of celebrated uh, what Trump said during the. The campaign and the early days of his presidency. Uh, then there are others who are kind of like the status quo. You know, the folks who come out of Wall Street, uh, the the more mainstream of the uh, of, of of the of the Republican thought on this, uh, and they have philosophical objections to it. Um, so it may be playing out that way. Look, you know, steelworkers have been used as diplomatic pawns before. There may be some element of that, but. To have such a clear commitment that you've made that you'd have this done by July 1st, uh, and then to completely do a 180 uh, with no real explanation um, is, is you know, ha- has been pretty devastating. And we've actually seen uh, economic consequences of this. Steel imports, uh, since April have risen by 21%. Uh, and part of the reason why that's occurring, Leslie, is because these other countries heard what Trump said in April and said, uh, wow, if we, if we want to import any steel, uh, we got to get it in there now. And it is flooding our markets. Uh, now and it's 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 starting to have an impact on uh, on on, on uh, employment uh, and, and other factors. And you know, if, if the president doesn't follow through, uh, this could be pretty devastating for, for, for the steel industry and for steel workers.
0: Absolutely, um, yeah. uh, absolutely. Let's go to uh, Michael in the Bronx, Line Three in New York. Michael, um, thank you for joining us. Question or comment for Scott? Thank you.
2: Yes. Um, it- It's a comment, and it ends off with a question. The thing is, is that, um, well, as you had pointed out earlier, this is one guy who does not keep his promises. I will also add that he makes promises that he has no business making, knowing how it's illegal and unconstitutional. So that is two ways in which he is hurting the average American person, and especially the uh, manufacturer's And the steel workers that you are discussing here i mean we've seen him outsourcing jobs as well how the heck is it that he has a lot of his um clothing and the stuff that he's promoting that has been made in china and elsewhere you know this this is the guy who claims to make america great again that's adding about bringing jobs back which he's not and he claims himself to be a devout christian Excuse me.
0: Well, Michael, hold that thought. We'll let you finish on the other side of the break. Let Scott respond. And then I want to talk about those protesters on the Hill who are not being quiet about the broken promises. And I think it's awesome that they're verbalizing their anger and their disappointment. We'll be back. We are back. With our guest, President of the AAM, Scott Paul, and we were talking with Michael before the break in the Bronx. Michael, thank you for holding. Welcome back. Uh, Please finish up, and we'll have Scott respond.
2: Thank you very much, Leslie. As I was saying before the break, that this is a guy, Mr. Trump, Mr. 45, that goes about making all these promises, like bringing jobs back, which he hasn't. He's outsourcing jobs. He's making promises that he has no business making given that it's been illegal and unconstitutional. And he puts all that together and not only claims to be a Christian, but it's going about with this make America great again. Well, I can guarantee everybody that given the amount of people that are hurting in more ways than one because of his actions and policies and lack thereof, that this is not making America great again, and ensure sure it's not being Christian. And anybody that thinks otherwise got a real serious problem, need to do a lot of soul searching.
1: Well, Michael,
0: thank you for that. Scott, any
1: comment? So uh, I, I think Michael raised a couple of important points. And look, I first want to say that while I do want Trump to follow through on this particular commitment, Leslie, as I think you know, uh, there are many things that I think the president has done uh, or said or, or, or positions that he holds that are uh, completely antithetical to um, uh, to, to the interests of working people in the United States. So, uh, but, but 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 this one, uh, he's right, and and so I do want him to follow through on his on his promise here. Um, the, uh, you know, we, we will know soon enough uh, if he's going to do this or not. The, the, the law under which he said he was going to do a national security review of steel imports says you have to complete it within 270 days, uh, which means uh, you know, sometime in early January. But the problem, Leslie, as I said before the break, is that in the interim, uh, you know, there's a lot of countries that are sending their steel to the United States uh, in the hopes of getting it here before any sorts of quotas or, or tariffs take take effect, and this is starting to cause problems uh, for for, uh, for 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 the workers in the steel steel industry, and so you know, Trump by saying something so brash, promising this, uh, has has uh, uh, inadvertently um, created a, re- a real challenge for the industry. And so that's why we have lots of different men and women from steel mills uh, all over the country uh, who are this week, in fact right now, uh, meeting with members of Congress, meeting with folks from the administration and telling them, uh, you got to get this done. Uh, because otherwise, uh, this is going to have devastating consequences, potentially, uh, for, for the steel industry and the workers.
0: I, I want to talk um, about those workers and um, people that are being hurt. Michael talked about that, right, people hurting. And I want to talk about this protest That's really, you know, it's going on on the Hill uh, today as we speak. And I just love when people get involved and do more. It's easy to sit around and just gripe and moan and complain in your backyard with a beer on a Friday night or Saturday. It's a whole different thing to get out there and to really do something. Um, President Trump this summer in Cincinnati said wait until you see what i'm going to do for steel and for your steel companies we're going to stop the dumping and stop all these wonderful other countries from coming in and killing our companies and our workers you'll be seeing that very soon the steel folks are going to be very happy well first of all i would imagine um the steel folks aren't very happy and also people that are waiting and want to see that very soon uh companies that are you know Corporations and people that are coming in and killing our companies and obviously uh, killing uh, their jobs. Uh, uh, Talk to us about um, these workers uh, certainly not being uh, so happy and about dozens of workers storming Capitol Hill today to demand action. Let's talk about that and we'll actually hear from some of those workers.
1: Leslie, I'm happy to and I was I I was really honored to uh, meet many of them. Uh, For for half of them, it's their first time they've ever been to Washington or have tried to meet with their lawmakers or administration and you know we're trying to do this the first time around uh... you know a very uh, responsible professional way which is to go in to meet with the lawmakers uh... to, to meet with uh, the members of the administration to try to reason with them to show them the facts uh... that this is uh... that, that, that relief needs to happen now and, and that these steel workers need a, a level playing field. Um, uh, not to say that there won't be uh, uh, a good old fashioned protest uh, or a rally uh, in uh, in the uh, um, uh, you know in the days and weeks to come. Uh, but look, that's kind of. Um, uh, that, that's kind of where we are, and uh, and and we'll find out a lot within the next day or two about how, how this went. But we're we're saying to these members of Congress that we got to get uh, we, we got to get uh, them activated as well, particularly the Republicans, uh, to to tell Trump that uh, it's time to deliver on this.
0: Um, I want to talk like about some of those people that, you know, you said that you had met. Um, let's um, hear from, uh, and this will be audio cut one, Mark. This is a quote from William Billy McCall. He is one of those workers who uh, whose jobs are on the line, who are not too happy, and who are on the Hill today. Cut one, William Billy McCall.
2: With the national security investigation, I think it gives us an opportunity to talk about other things that might not normally be highlighted. So, For instance, it seems that a lot of the conversation with national security has to do with ships and planes and that sort of thing. But in fact, our national security is the American family. So that's the point I want to get across to them.
0: That's very interesting because I think that we forget that those are not just numbers. Those are people. Those are families. And those dollars end up you know being about money on the table to feed those families and you know that type of thing um there's absolutely and and like when he talks about ships and planes with you know national security i I would imagine there are companies like raytheon and boeing that every time the president threatens north korea they think we got to build some more um and that would create jobs and and not for a good way but you know speak speak to billy's point scott because yeah I, I think sometimes that, and politicians do this all the time. They forget about the people. It's all about just numbers and moving dollar signs around into different columns on, you know, some kind of a, a budget ledger.
1: Yeah. So I, first on the on the family aspect of this, and I, I'm glad Billy mentioned that because the, uh, you know, w- when you when you think about the what makes America strong, part of it is our our, our middle class, our, our economic foundation. Uh, when you get more granular into steel, look. If you're laying people off in steel mills, if you're closing them down, that that is a th- that's decades for each of these workers, decades of know-how uh, th- that you're that you're going to lose. And you can't, you know, it's not like instant oatmeal. You can't just pour it in, add water, and create a steel mill if you need it in a time of national crisis. That's not how the industry works at all. And and, and and it has it has been responsive to national security needs in the past. I mean, you remember, and again, whether or not you supported the Iraq War or the action in Afghanistan, it happened, and. When called on to provide more armor for our armored personnel carriers because of all the IED explosives that were, occur- were occurring, the steel industry was, ramp- was able to ramp up and do that. But if you're down to like your last supplier, uh, it becomes a real challenge. It becomes a real challenge. Um, we, we make a particular type of electrical steel that is really important in the, in the energy grid. And if you lose – that, there's only one place that makes that now uh, in the United States. And if you lose that capability, uh, and there is some, uh, God forbid, like either cyber or other sort of attack on the energy grid, replacing that won't be easy. And so this really does have consequences
0: um let's uh talk about um these people though scott i mean these workers just like you know william billy mccall might have voted for him i mean workers did help uh, to vote trump in um i want to talk about whether they're still supporting the president but let's hear first from billy again and then from another um worker cliff toby first up is william billy mccall we just heard from him by the way he's specifically from the state of indiana he's a steel worker and you know we have to ask, are you still supporting the president? I mean, you know, a lot of these workers voted for him, and the president hasn't even begun to touch upon the promises with regard to the middle class, the working class that he has made. This is cut to, uh, Mark, thank you.
2: I totally believe that uh, a good portion of my membership believed in his message, and expect him to to follow through with with the things that he promised, not just hit the the people who voted for him, but for everybody else as well.
0: And uh, here's someone else who, you know, responds uh, to that and um, talks about the members of, uh, you know, his uh, division. He is an Iron Range worker. He's one of those storming the hill today. This is Cliff Toby, cut three.
2: Many of my members uh, who have been historically Democrat uh, have vote, have voted for for President Trump. Uh, mainly because of, of what he said about trade and about, uh, you know, American steel workers. Um, the flip side of that, uh, as you may well know, is that, you know, once you come out and you say that you're going to stop these imports, these other countries seem to fire up their, their manufacturing and their exporting, and they ship about everything they can get off their docks over here.
0: Uh, Scott, can you um, talk about that? Because, um, you know, the president's already pe- you know, the, I saw an article, I think, yesterday about be prepared to see this on your local TV station soon. And they're like pro propaganda, pro Trump propaganda, you know, sowing the seeds for, you know, o- almost three and a half years from now. Um, he's got to do something or these people that have switched from Democrat to Republican or Democrat to Trump could turn away from Trump. Um, you know, when it comes to the election, maybe even send a message in the midterms and maybe flipping some seats in the House and or Senate to Democrats.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm not going to pretend like I know what the absolute reason was why Donald Trump won a state like Pennsylvania or Ohio or even Michigan. Uh, but But I think you'd be foolish to... Dismissed the notion that his stance on trade played into that, and and perhaps where people thought Hillary Clinton was on it as well, and and you know and 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 Billy and uh, you know and and Cliff uh, are, are right here. You know, a whole lot of their their members probably pulled the le- lever for uh, Donald Trump for a Republican candidate for the maybe for the first time in their lives uh, based on this trade promise because. That's how desperate that they are. They are feeling for some need for change here, and so uh, it, it is. Uh, well, I said, and I know I said this towards the top of the show, that you know, the, the a lot of Trump supporters are willing to forgive anything that he does, and, and that seems abundantly clear right now. No matter uh, no, no, no matter how disreputable it is uh on the on the trade thing, you know these steel workers have long memories leslie and i you know I know that uh they're they're not going to back down and they're going to hold him to uh to account on this and you know, we want to try to create a better trade policy, and if, if Senator Sherrod Brown, a progressive Democrat, says he wants to work with the administration to do that, I think I can, too. But, uh, but, but they've got to deliver. They've got to deliver.
0: About people that can really deliver with legislation, and that's Congress. Where does Congress stand on this issue? Because this is more of this is an issue that is truly bipartisan, right? I mean, infrastructure and job creation. um, You know, and certainly people want to get reelected. So there, there are people in Congress on both sides of the aisle um, that have also called on the president, much like these workers storming the hill today, um, to finally act on steel and uh, aluminum imports.
1: So it's a good question and this is one of the areas where the president has pretty wide discretion um, and uh, uh this particular trade enforcement on steel uh and but it's important, I think, and, and one of the reasons why these steel workers are, are speaking with their senators and their members of Congress uh, is that uh, they, want, they want the president to know how, it, how important it is to, to, their, to their elected officials. Uh, and, you know, there's, there's, there's a, believe me, there's a lot of opposition to doing something for the steel industry. Some of it comes from uh, countries that, that export steel into the United States, like China. Some of it comes from folks who have philosophies who just say, look, free trade, no matter what, is great, regardless of the consequences. Uh, and, and some uh, have a fear that this would somehow start a trade war and impact Agriculture, what have you. There, look, there's little evidence uh, in, the, in in recent times that something like that is even possible. And so uh, the, the the members of Congress, the senators, where they can be helpful uh, is to weigh in with the administration and say, This is important to my constituents. Uh, we need this. And uh, your lack of action here is actually making things worse for them. So it's time to deliver uh, this promised relief. Uh, for the steel industry, um,
0: we have just about a minute left here, Scott, and I wanted to know what you wanted to leave folks with today in uh, that minute.
1: Yeah, well, I think that, and there's, there's, look, there's a lot of reasons, particularly for folks who are, are skeptical of Donald Trump and any promise that he makes this particular this trade reform is something that democrats have been talking about for a long time so it's not a partisan issue and on this issue uh, trump is right about what some of the some of the challenges are uh, but but here's the thing that I think is deeply frustrating is that, you know, he, he doesn't have a clear compass on this, um, and, you know, he is using it for for, for whatever. I mean, I, we, we can't figure it out, uh, but we've got to shake this loose, uh, and so we hope folks will join us uh, in this. And, you know, we've had a lot of success with folks, uh, you know, getting in touch with our members of Congress, sending petitions to the White House, uh, but, but our message is pretty simple that you know you don't realize the importance of the steel industry until you depend on it and when you look at those magnificent bridges the cars the the stuff that keeps us safe as well uh, that all comes from steel that's not going anywhere anytime soon there's just a question about where it's going to be made is it going to be made in China going to be made right here in the United States we want to make it here Leslie
0: Absolutely. No question about it. Scott, always a very informative time with you and pleasurable as well. Thank you. Appreciate it. Scott Paul, President of the Alliance for, the, for American Manufacturing. They're the AAM. Check out their website. A lot of good stuff there. Also, if you want to buy American, a lot of places that make American you may not have thought of, they have that information there as well. Go to AmericanManufacturing.org. On Twitter, follow Scott at Scott Paul, AAM, and also follow at Keep It Made in USA because we should, like Scott just said.